Welcome to HealthCast. I'm your host, Adam Patterson. We are joined today by Dr. Michael Kelly, VA's National Program Director for Oncology, and Dr. Knut Myrie, VA's Lead for Precision Oncology in the Office of Research and Development, for an interview on how the Department of Veterans Affairs is leading some of America's most groundbreaking lung cancer research. VA has been overseeing efforts to improve both the treatment and early detection of lung cancer, overall improving long-term prognosis and survival rates. With the increasing sophistication of VA's health informatics and usage of breaking capacities like artificial intelligence, the agency's lung cancer research only continues to advance, and with it, the health of veterans nationwide. Dr. Kelly, Dr. Myrie, thank you so much for coming onto the program. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And I want to start out with a question a bit about yourselves and to provide some background here. And that is, can you tell us a bit about your career and your research interests and what brought you to your current roles at VA? Ken, do you want to go first? Uh, so I am Ken Mary, and I was um, I received my PhD from the University of Michigan and my postdoc, did my postdoc at the National Cancer Institute. From there, I went to work with CDMRP, the Congressional Directed Medical Research Program uh, that's part of the DOD. That's a program that is um, that is uh, that has a lot of advocates, cancer advocates, um, who advocate on behalf of the program to address um, various um, cancer uh, cancers. And I, I developed an interest um, in cancer for a very long time, before even before um, I went to graduate school. I'd say it was a natural fit for me after doing my postdoc to work with uh, CDMRP, and I did that for uh, over seven years before coming to the VA, um, where I had an interest in working with veterans and addressing the, um, the issues affecting veterans. And so um, here I am um, as the uh, Senior Portfolio Manager for Precision Oncology in the Office of Research and Development. And this is Mike Kelly, and I also have my roots at the University of Michigan, where I did undergrad in medical school. I came to Duke University uh, to do an internal medicine residency and started at the Durham VA. I then went to the National Cancer Institute for a decade, where I worked in a lab as a postdoc initially, and then uh, worked as a fellow in training for medical oncology, um, then stayed on as a staff um, fellow, and then came back to Duke and the Durham VA in the late 1990s. And I've been here ever since and have uh, been increasingly uh, working on bigger and bigger problems uh, around um, cancer in VA, in particular around lung cancer, and uh, developed um, an interest in transitioning to a more administrative role in terms of the uh, executive director for oncology in about 2007, and have been in that role since then. Yeah, that all sounds fantastic, and it really puts you in a position to help oversee the really uh, broad-reaching research that VA puts together. And that kind of brings me to my next question, which is in terms of, again, looking at the broader uh, public health or healthcare impact here and the concerns about how prevalent is lung cancer among veterans compared to, say, the general population, and what are some of the most common risk factors for developing lung cancer, including, I guess, veteran-specific instances? Well, the, the most... Uh, prevalent risk factor is smoking. So cigarette smoking is by far the largest contributor to lung cancer. Uh, about 15% of individuals in the United States 
who develop lung cancer do not have a strong history of smoking, but in the VA, it's probably a little lower than that. There aren't really good um, studies showing the uh, population prevalence of lung cancer compared to uh, the general population, but uh, if you look at the smoking rates in uh, current veterans uh, who are in, enrolled in VHA compared to the population as, as a whole, they're actually about the same. It's about 11 or 12 percent, uh, but the former smoking rate is significantly higher, and that combined with the occupational exposures that uh, service members have, uh, it's very reasonable to think that the incidence of lung cancer is higher in VA. Definitely. And that all makes a lot of sense. You know, again, you mentioned the, the obvious and, and universal risk factor, the one that is most predictive, which is, again, you know, a history of smoking, including smoking into later life. But also, again, I'm imagining some of the respiratory concerns, things like, you know, burn pits potentially being a precipitator. And to extrapolate that one a bit more about among what age cohorts do you see typically see higher rates of lung cancer when, including among smokers or non-smokers, do you tend to see um, lung cancer emerge or kind of early stage lung cancer typically emerge? The uh, median age at diagnosis for lung cancer is in the early 70s, so 70, 71, 72-ish. goes up and down a year uh, from time to time. Uh, and I believe that the average age of uh, diagnosis is a little bit younger and those who have never smoked. We don't really have good data for those whose primary risk factor is an environmental exposure. Um, so I don't think that we know in terms of uh, burn pits or any other type of uh, service-related occupational exposure what the uh, epidemiology would look like. At least I'm not aware of that. Definitely. That all, all makes sense. And to bring it down to what work you're doing uh, at VA in terms of really advancing the understanding and treatment of lung cancer, both, again, diagnosis and oncology, broadly speaking, uh, what research initiatives and clinical trials has VA been using to advance its lung cancer screening and treatment? What, is, uh, what have been the really major focus areas of developments lately? So, Ken, that's a research question. Do you want to start? <clears throat> All right. So I'll start, Dr. Kelly, and perhaps you can chime in and, and um, contribute as well. But it's important to note that, you know, VA, VA has been doing research for over 100 years to address the concerns of, and needs of our veterans. And so it's, um, it, it is not surprising that um, we are highly focused on um, things that um, are affecting veterans, particularly in the area of cancer. And so in um, 2020, in 2020, um, the Office of Research and Development and the Oncology, uh, National Oncology Office partnered to establish a long precision oncology program geared towards um, improving um, lung cancer screening and providing our, our veterans access to lung cancer treatment. And this was, and also um, the opportunity to, to um, participate in smoking cessation. We believe that lung cancer screening is important because it will help to improve um, and do early de detection of, um, of lung cancer. And then in the farther spectrum uh, where uh, uh, a veteran may, um, may develop lung cancer, there will be an opportunity to um, apply precision oncology so that they can get treatments that are directly appropriate for their care and for the alterations that are identified in their tumors. So we have been doing that kind of work. And um, some of our work um, involved the application of um, artificial intelligence and machine learning 
um, to look at um, not only stratifying our patients in terms of risk, but also to look at um, some of the nodules that are identified from our CT scans to determine who would likely to go on to develop um, cancer. And so that is important because we want to not only be able to avoid um, putting patients under unnecessary treatment uh, <clears throat> procedures, but also to um, be able to say, okay, those that are gonna go on to develop cancer, what type of intervention we can uh, possibly um, action uh, before they develop the disease. And then within the, the National Prison Oncology Program that we developed, we have um, over um, 85 VA medical centers that are participating. And on the treatment side, you know, we are utilizing data that, is, that comes from um, molecular testing of tumors to develop novel clinical trials. And that, um, that's quite important because there we're able to match the, the, the patient's tumor to the right treatment at the right time. And it also gives our investigators an opportunity to develop novel treatment and novel um, clinical trials and provide um, novel therapeutic options uh, for our veterans. And they also give us an opportunity as well to partner with our industry partners um, who may be able to provide um, novel drugs to, um, for us to test uh, here in the VA. Dr. Kelly, I'll pass on to you. Thanks, Ken. Uh, so I would just have a couple of extensions to that. Um, so first of all, it's really important that those who have smoked uh, or are currently smoking and qualify for lung cancer screening, that they get that screening done. Uh, it saves lives uh, significantly. Um, that said, it is somewhat imprecise in uh, identifying who does have lung cancer and who doesn't. And so I think a lot of the efforts that Ken uh, emphasized and described in some detail um, are important in order to improve um, the, uh, I guess, performance of the, the screening algorithm. So right now the screening algorithm is an annual CT scan of the chest. And there are many new technologies, uh, artificial intelligence in terms of looking at the images from the CT scans, but also um, blood tests and other types of other types of testing that might improve uh, how well the screening works to save additional lives and with fewer um, maybe false positive tests. Second point I'd like to make is that if you have lung cancer, the um, opportunity to enroll in a clinical trial is oftentimes the best clinical care you can get. So uh, we don't necessarily know how to cure every patient with lung cancer yet. We um, have some hope in that regard for a, a minority of, of people who are diagnosed with lung cancer, but there's a lot of uh, hope and opportunity uh, to advance to, to new therapies. And oftentimes those are only available in the context of a clinical trial. So that is um, something that um, some of the, the, the approaches that um, Dr. Myrie uh, described uh, would be important for veterans to consider if they um, are diagnosed with lung cancer. 
Definitely, yeah, and that all sounds incredibly promising, and like you're really driving forward the, the research and the screening capacities that VA is able to provide, and I guess American healthcare more broadly is able to provide. I want to kind of like drill back a bit into something, because you've mentioned that clearly being able to drive these kind of precision oncology programs and engage in this really precise kind of research requires, I'd imagine, a pretty immense amount of data and data feeds to support, you know, things like artificial intelligence uh, in similar capacities. And I'm wondering, how is the information sharing, you know, say, enabled by VA's uh, health record modernization and the sort of general kind of data feeds that are being built, how are those being leveraged and how impactful have they been towards really helping drive your research forward? Because I'm imagining what VA is able to do now, even compared to three or four years ago, is significantly more advanced. Um, well, I, I, let me just talk about the uh, electronic health record modernization. So it's only um, up and running, I believe, two um, centers right now. Um, so it hasn't had a broad impact on VA research um, because that's a relatively small minority of all of the veterans who are involved. I think a lot of the advances in the um, health informatics uh, has come from a number of initiatives that go beyond uh, what is happening in the EHR uh, in general um, because the data generally gets uh, transferred out of our current EHR and will get also transferred out of our new EHR um, into other um, environments in which the computing can occur, um, which is more attuned to the research efforts that are not doing standard types of data processing. So they have to get transferred to new environments. And VA has some really nice uh, environments for research. So there's Vinci, V-I-N-C-I, which is a cloud computing environment to do sort of standard um, epidemiological and health outcomes type of research, which allows us to identify patterns um, in uh, you know, outcomes, uh, response to therapies, uh, who lives longer than and other people, depending on what um, treatments they got or um, what some of their characteristics are. Um, but there are more modern um, needs in terms of the capacities, and those are being done um, in other areas that I'm going to let Dr. Myrie talk about because they are definitely not in the, the standard clinical space. So there's, I guess, um, the genetics, so MVP type of environment, and we also have a collaboration with the Department of Energy, but he can, hopefully he can tell you more about those. Thanks, Mike. So um, <clears throat> VA has a, a pro, uh, genetics program called the Million Betterment Program where we are collecting um, samples from um, a million veterans and um, taking baseline surveys um, from our veterans and then sequencing um, the blood samples that they provide and making that data available to our um, uh, researchers for research so that we can um, better improve the health and, and care of our veterans. And so, we have, um, as a result of that effort, we have um, a collaboration with the Department of Energy to use their supercomputing capabilities as well as their ability to do um, complex um, AI machine learning and uh, neural networking um, analyses of our data, both um, the genetic data as well as data that comes from um, the electronic medical record so that we can look at outcomes and and, and um, make an association with uh, genetic information and so on and so forth so that we can learn, um, new, acquire new knowledge and um, go back and do some validation and some clinical trials 
to uh, establish new evidence for um, for care. Definitely. And the MVP's work has been really impressive. You know, we've been fortunate enough to have a couple of folks from the MVP onto the program. And it's clear that the support you're getting from the DOE has also been really instrumental in kind of bolstering the, the uh, computational capacities needed to really bring these research initiatives to fruition. I'm wondering, are there any other wings of the federal government that VA has worked with in terms of collaborating on, say, kind of precision oncology and lung cancer research more broadly? So, yes, um, we've worked very closely with the Department of Defense and the National Cancer Institute uh, on a project called Apollo, which is the Applied uh, Proteogenomics um, Initiative that's looking at not only the genetics, which we do uh, to some degree in standard clinical care, but also looking at proteins um, and the very complex protein patterns that can occur and trying to understand what they might also tell us about uh, prognosis or treatment choices for patients uh, who have cancer. Um, that work has been going on since the first cancer moonshot in 2016. Uh, there are initiatives in several different cancer areas, and one of them is uh, lung cancer. Um, I think we may be having some other collaborations uh, with the uh, National Institute of uh, Environmental Health Sciences and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention uh, around uh, environmental exposures and looking at uh, mutational signatures and uh, tumors that arise in service members, uh, former service members, uh, to be able to try to understand what the etiology of those cancers um, might have been. And, and I don't know if we have any others that Dr. Myrie might you may recall, Dr. Kelly, that we also have uh, with the uh, the collaboration with NASA National Cancer Institute coming up, where we are um, hoping to collaborate around um, blood-based markers for early detection of, of cancers. Um, you want to talk about that some more? Yeah, so the, uh, there's a newer technology for cancer screening. So I was mentioning this, uh, alluding to this earlier in terms of uh, those who uh, have an indication to get screened with the technology we have now should definitely do that, but that there's new technologies which are coming along. And one of the, uh, the groups of those new technologies is a blood-based test, which is called a multi-cancer early detection test that uses various, um, well, there's a whole bunch of these different technologies uh, that are applied to this blood test, uh, but it's not looking at for one particular type of, of cancer, but it could be looking for a group of them or even all types of cancers. Um, but we don't know whether that type of test uh, improves um, the outcomes for individuals who are having that test by reducing um, deaths from cancer, which is the overall goal. That's the goal that uh, President Biden has stated for the Cancer Moonshot 2.0. Uh, and so we'd like to know that. And uh, we've um, been in discussions with the National Cancer Institute um, and our colleagues at the Department of Defense uh, to partner on a project that the National Cancer Institute has proposed uh, to examine uh, whether those um, tests are useful and should be adopted more broadly. Um, so that will be a big project. Um, it's um, in development. Uh, the National Cancer Institute has the lead on that. Um, and the VA is uh, quite committed uh, to participate um, as a, an active partner. And I just I just want to underscore that in order for us to bring any of these tests to market or to into the clinic, it requires 
thousands and thousands of um, participants to um, validate these tests. And so that is uh, why the, the partnership between National Cancer Institute and the DOD and the VA is so important to um, executing this um, uh, analysis. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, that kind of collaboration with NCI sounds really promising. And, uh, you know, to, to wrap things up, I want to ask, you know, in addition to what you just mentioned, are there any other um, possible initiatives VA might be launching in the near future or directions you might be taking your oncology research or any other um, projects that are slated to launch on the near horizon that you would like our audience to know about? I will defer to Dr. Kelly for him to talk about the work that we're doing in teleoncology and our virtual um, clinical trial effort uh, in order for us to bring um, clinical trials closer to our veterans and so that we can leave no veteran behind. Dr. Kelly. Oh, yes, uh, Dr. Myra, thank you. And, and that's, uh, I think, a great, you just lobbed that right down the, right across the plate. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so VA takes care of veterans across the entire country. About a third of enrolled veterans live in rural areas, which uh, are generally underserved medically and in specialty care, such as oncology in particular. Uh, so VA has been utilizing telehealth uh, increasingly since even before the pandemic uh, to deliver great, very uh, expert level oncology care as close to veterans as possible. Um, and we've set up what's called a, a National Tele-Oncology Service, which makes relationships with uh, VA facilities around, uh, around the country to basically uh, deliver, basically take expertise from one VA, which is often in a, a more uh, urban area associated with a um, large medical center and, medical, and a medical school, and deliver that care to areas where uh, veterans are currently underserved. And it works really well. There's a huge demand for it. Um, we've, in a very short period of time, about two years, have gone from three facilities to 24 facilities that we're serving, and there's a queue uh, beyond that. That has been focused uh, initially and primarily on delivering medical oncology care, clinical care. Um, but as I said earlier, oftentimes the best clinical care uh, is a research study. And so we're using that tele-oncology service as a platform uh, on which to build uh, the, a delivery mechanism so that clinical investigators who have clinical trials could deliver that more broadly across the VA system. So instead of just recruiting from my own facility here in Durham, uh, I could enroll patients from anywhere in the country into a clinical trial, and they would have access to whatever that uh, clinical trial is bringing. Uh, so we've shown that we can do that uh, with um, trials that interact with patients but are not yet directing therapy. Um, and so our next step is, is to launch trials that will bring new therapies uh, to veterans, and we think we're going to be able to do that um, pretty soon. So I'll just add on to that by saying that, you know, as I said earlier, the work that we're doing in research, we're doing it in collaboration with our clinical partners. Dr. Kelly is a major part of that, is in fact a leader of that. And so everything that we're doing, we're looking at not only delivering just um, new clinical trials, but also taking a look at um, 
the standard of care that we currently um, have for our veterans are available to veterans and looking at those to see whether or not those standards of care can be optimized in such a way that um, it makes it's better for our veterans given that the fact that they have a lot of comorbidities and they, are ten they tend to be older and so on and so forth. And as Dr. Kelly points out with, te with teleoncology that we are trying to reach more veterans. We also developed a, you know, a national network of VA medical centers around the country um, that are kind of tied in this network fashion where we are able to you know, quickly activate our clinical trials into these centers so that uh, veterans can get access to this care. And we continue to expand on that network because we feel very um, strongly that every veteran should have the options available to them. And we think that by making those options available, it, 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 it um, lends itself to equity and therefore reduce um, disparities in care. Um, and it's important to also recognize that um, through um, the care that we give to our veterans, there's a lot of data that is harvested from that. And so we want our veterans not only to participate in um, getting good um, oncology care, lung, lung oncology care, but also for them to participate in research as well. And that research, um, you know, um, go back to um, the, the bench of it, go back to the, the bedside eventually to help um, improve their care. And so we are very excited about the dedicated staff we have here in the VA, both clinicians, uh, clinician um, investigators and, and non-clinician investigators who are working very hard every day to ensure that our veterans get the best oncology care. Definitely. And that all sounds incredibly promising. Again, the merging of your advanced oncology program with VA's increasingly sophisticated, you know, telehealth apparatus, all advancing towards, again, greater provision of care, but also meeting the needs of, you know, greater health equity. That all, again, sounds like an incredibly promising step forward. And again, Dr. Kelly, Dr. Myrie, just thank you so much for coming onto the program. Thank you very much for having us. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at gcio.com.